Bickley, Vince Morata, Bickley and Morata mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We just keep following. You know, he ends up with 19 free throws. I mean, he draws contact. I could sit here and complain about whatever the the complaint is, but um, we just we got to be able to put our hands up and, and live with him shooting over top. You know, from the field, he was 12 for 24, so it wasn't like he had one of those crazy, crazy nights. But we just allowed them to get into a rhythm defensively because we gave up so many free throws, and he had 19 of them. And so it's just something that we have to get better at. We've been talking about it for a while. We're one of the worst teams in the league when it comes to fouling. And we, we have to correct it. Just what did you say to the guys afterwards? After that, they had control of the game. Yeah, we had control of the game, but the, the turnovers that led to points and the fouling, you know, that, that's a huge separator. They had more turnovers than us, but they converted. And um, the fouling is just something that we got to we have to figure out. That's Monty Williams, the head coach of the Phoenix Suns, on the subject of fouling. And yes, the uh, we pointed it out earlier, the Suns commit a lot of fouls. And Shea Gilgis-Alexander mm-hmm. was the player that Monty was talking about there. 16 of his 40 points came at the free throw line. He shot 19. Um, I just did a little quick search, Bick. There's been... 51 times this year in the NBA All right. that a player has shot 18 or more free throws in a game. Uh, four of them have happened against the Suns. Okay, so I guess the question becomes, in what Monty Williams said after the game, are, are, are the Suns to blame for having a foul issue, which is, which is basically code for lazy defense? Okay, if you mm-hmm. foul a lot, you're playing defense with your hands. And that's what Monty Williams seems to be saying. Yes. And that, that sort of jibes with what I see at times from this basketball team. A lot of lazy defense at times being played by this team. Or, or is Monty Williams basically being passive aggressive and saying we're getting hosed again and we have to get past it? Um, I think it's a combination of the two, quite honestly. Okay. Um, I, I think Monty Williams has been hesitant to really lay it out there, especially after some of the more frustrating uh, differentials that his team has gone through. And I I can't argue with SGA getting to the line 19 times yesterday. That's the way he plays the game. He doesn't, you relentless. He yeah. doesn't shoot three-pointers that often. He shoots everything in the paint and mm-hmm. is very adept at getting into positions to get fouled. Credit to him. Very I think slippery. I, I, I think it's it's a hard watch sometimes when mm-hmm. you got any player going to the free throw line that often. And we've I don't seen like it, it against the Suns. But that's gaming the system. That's you know, exploiting your strengths. The flip side of it to me is... Devin Booker attacks the rim, not like SGA, but he attacks it pretty, pretty aggressively mm-hmm. and just doesn't seem to get the same respect from the officials. And yesterday, again, you know, was it the factor in the game? No, but it was a frustrating game in terms of officiating both ways. I mean, late mm-hmm. calls, weird calls. It just... It's just too often, and, and I'm not going to rip the officials, again, for, for Shea Gilgis-Alexander getting and living at the free throw line. All right. But when is, when is Devin Booker going to get some? You know, that's my question. Okay, and I don't know if that's going to come. Yeah, and and I don't know. I don't know what level of quantifying it would would make people like yourself content to, to. Okay, now finally the scales have been 
equaled. I don't know what number he's got to shoot in terms of free throws. I don't know if it's I, a number. I want to see the the frequency of, of Devin Booker driving to the basket and getting absolutely hacked and then complaining right. about a call halfway yeah. down the floor. I want that to end. So do I. And, and so, okay, so so to me, I, I think that if, again, if I were head coach of this basketball team, I would say this is clearly an issue because yesterday uh, you were seeing a lot of that energy coming off the Suns again. The, oh, woe is us. We're getting hosed again. We're the team that, that the refs just hate on. There was a lot of that energy coming off him. And and Devin Booker, for all the great things he did yesterday, scoring 46 points, he was consumed with it. They got to get past this. So if there's a solution, even if they are getting screwed, even if you as a Suns fan believe the refs are not giving this team a fair shake in regards to Devin Booker and the star treatment, and maybe you're right, but if you believe that and they believe that, at some point in time, you got to find a solution. Well, You can't just keep complaining no, about I it. I agree with it, and, and I, let, let me say this too. I think... You know, does does the officiating contribute to a twenty three to four run on the surface? You say no, but when that thinking creeps into your head, it affects everything without a doubt. And, you and become, that think, as opposed to being aggressive, you become victimized. That listen, and I think now we're drilling down to the issue because no matter what you think as a basketball fan, the Suns believe it. The Suns believe that they are. Uh, that they are not, are they're held to a different standard. That they are not rewarded the same way. And if you pull them uh, and off the record, I bet they all confirm that. Now, if you asked them why, I don't know what they would say about. It. I don't know what anybody says about that. Because you, you complete when we had this conversation initially, you completely said, "I don't believe for a minute that refs hold a vendetta against the former owner. That they're not dealing with any of that." Right? That's your viewpoint. It is. Okay. Yes. So then then it's got to come from something. If you believe this to be real, then you've got to have a reason for why this is happening. And more to the point, we're getting at the end of the season here. This basketball team's got to find a way to get past this and, and not get caught up in these games where this is all they're thinking about. Because we saw this at the end of last year. And to me, it's a sign of the team when they're starting to crack. When when they're not when the belief is waning when they're not feeling good about what they have this is this to me seems to be their default mode and they need to get past this like you said the thing they got to stop doing is run down court instead of thinking about defense your number one thought is I need to I need to convey my disappointment to this freaking official over here who won't blow the whistle now if they're able to do that. That would make them the first and only NBA team to actually accomplish this because, it, 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 and it also seems to me, Bick, that other teams, when they complain, they get rewarded as a result of the complaining more than the Suns do. Right. So, which, which makes me believe their complaining is more BS than not because the teams that complain and have a point tend to get rewarded. The teams that complain for complaining's sake, nothing's changing. Monty Williams came out after a loss to the Kings, blamed the officials. The very next game, blamed the officials. Last night, referencing the officials. This is happening a lot. It is. There's no doubt about it. But again, when you look at the free throw differential on a given night. So then what do they need to do? Because you you can complain about this from now to the end of a first round playoff exit. Is that smart? No. What's that accomplishing? What are they getting done here? Here was uh, Devin Booker's reaction to the officiating foul call. Yeah, we just have to deal with it. Uh, you know, I'm used to this at this point. 
have to keep fighting through. You, know, you got to control what you got to control. I don't think it's something that you should get used to. If you're a player of the of the quality of Devin Booker, again. And this is the other thing, Vinny. If, their, their vibe on the court during the game never matches up with what they say after the game. That is after true. the game, they're always talking. That is true. We need to do this. We need to be better. We're not talking about fouls. Even the other day, Dia, I'm not talking about fouls. We, we got to play through them. They keep repeating this, and yet they never do it. But what does it take to actually make a dent? Well, does, it, does it take an absolute meltdown by Monty Williams? I, to me, I, uh, you know my thoughts on this. If it's to the point now where you're thinking there's nothing I can do to affect change, then yes. Then the answer is yes. And I generally don't like that stuff. Uh, again, the whole Giannis example. I, I'm not against staging some bizarre theater to embarrass the league. To say, listen, you've got to, you've got to address this. Yeah. Nothing else is working right no, now. No. And I know for a fact... And again, I'm using just social media as my gauge here, but the Suns fan base is kind of getting tired of it as well. Oh, yeah. And, not, and, and the officiating, yes, but also the response or lack thereof. Of the pointing head coach. at Monty Williams. Yes. Like, they're pointing at him. Get a technical. Get in somebody's Stick up face. for you guys. Throw a chair. Do Throw something. It, it, just go nuclear and I let everybody see it. If so it, then the NBA will go, okay, if decent, kind, servant leader Monty Williams is losing his mind, we better pay attention to this. Yes, or, I agree with all or of Or does this. it exacerbate it? I, I, there's no guarantee that doing that fixes anything. But again, that th- because for Monty to do that, he would have to really honestly believe his team is getting hosed is and true. not just covering for his team. Yeah, There's a big difference. True. Rock and Roll Hall of Famers Billy Joel, Stevie Nicks are headed to Chase Field for one night only on December 8th. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. You can win a pair of tickets now by visiting the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. Coming up next, slow-moving free agency time in Arizona, but not so in the rest of the league. We'll get into some of the latest headlines around the NFL next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. NFL free agency frenzy with Pickley and Murata Mornings. I would say I can tell since I got here. Everything here is nice. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Everything. For me to come here and see how much, you know, I would say time and effort they put into this building, into their players, to the coaches, to the people upstairs, is just a blessing to uh, be able to come here and see that and be a part of something like that. So it's a blessing to see how nice this uh, whole facility is. Oh, no, I think it's free upstairs. I'm good now. <laughs> That's all you can eat now. <laughs> That's the audio of the quotes we mentioned on last week's show. Byron Murphy had his introductory press conference with the Minnesota Vikings uh, and it, it's one of those situations too where you hear the tone of what he says mm-hmm. and it, it, it hits differently than reading the quotes does I want to play the beginning of it again uh, and I'll cut it off where I think it needs to be cut off when I'm talking about tone. I would say I can tell since I've got here. Everything here is nice. I'm- <laughs> Everything here is nice <laughs> as opposed to that other place. I- <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. listen, hearing the, the audios was even more alarming than reading it. I agree. Yeah, in in a couple of different places. Just the, the, the laughing about how it's all you can eat now. Because, you know, that's important to football players and guys named Jarrett Carlin. <laughs> very <laughs> important. Too, yeah. yeah, very important. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the festivities on Saturday, mm-hmm. the wedding that you all attended. Uh-huh. Was it uh, was it buffet style or Jared? It you... was buffet oh, it, style. Oh, I, I didn't I didn't overdo it though. 
No, well, in your mind. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why you uh, insist on calling it a buffet. It's more fun. It's funny that way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I will say this. Jarrett was was one of those guys that, that once they started doing sort of like slow release for of table by table by table, mm-hmm. so you had to have clearance. Those moments of our table waiting to get clearance was driving him mad. We were mad. near the end. I'll put driving it that way. Driving him mad. It was brutal. Yep. Were, were you dying? He was. Oh, I was sitting right next to him. I, and, well, because and, the and other... as somebody who is similarly impatient but about <laughs> other things, yeah. I, I could recognize exactly where he was. The other radio station table got before yeah. us. Yeah. I'm seeing Luke Lipinski yeah. out there right. stuffing his, his face. face. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable! I know, but I we know. we got there. You got through it, Jared. Yes, we did. We did get to eat. There was food left for <laughs> yes, us. Yes, there was. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> Jared might have been worried in a minute. Yeah. Now Byron Murphy's comments. This was one of the things going into free agency that people in Arizona were wondering about. This NFLPA report, how much affect what would be the ramifications of this report, which did not show the Cardinals' facilities. Uh, in a glowing light for free agencies and that for free agents, and that was one of the reasons why the NFLPA conducted the survey in the first place. Bick was to give potential free agents decision making power on where they wanted to go. I will say this: even if you hear Byron Murphy's comments about moving on to Minnesota and how everything is nice here and the, and the dig at the all you can eat now, I don't think this has been a big factor uh, in in free agents not coming here. I think the inactivity we've seen from the Arizona Cardinals is almost entirely by choice. Yeah. Yeah, listen, and, and again, I, I think that you have to have faith because there has to be a plan because there's a new general manager in place who's got fresh eyes. So I don't think this is shenanigans, if you will. I just think that this is um, this is an acknowledgement that we are more broke than anyone knows. Remember how Michael Bidwell said during Newsmakers Week? Uh, this year that we're not as broke as everyone thinks. Yes. I think this offseason counters that. This offseason kind of counters this roster's in bad shape. Well, that too, and then updated numbers after all the maneuvering and releases and, and restructured contracts. I mean, the Cardinals are among the teams with the most salary cap space mm-hmm. available. What's out there? I don't know. I don't think you're going to see a flurry of free agents. Uh, I think this is going to be a try to fix by improving the players that are coming back and trying to identify needs and players that can make an impact in the draft. And, That's what I think the strategy is. And and to to enhance or increase this team's sagging image league-wide so when it does come time to attracting free agents, hopefully next offseason, there won't be people laughing and snickering about the Arizona Cardinals. Uh Because this has become a thing. Whether you thought that NFLPA survey was a little heavy-handed, maybe an agenda behind, no matter what you thought of it, it's a a deal for the Cardinals now. To have a former guy like Byron Murphy Jr. laugh about that uh, you know, I, I would love I would love to hear what somebody like JJ Watt honestly thinks. He ain't he's too smart to go down that road as to whether or not this because keep in mind JJ Watt could have gone a lot of different places. Yes, JJ Watt came to Arizona because yes, the money did. was really good. And that's what it's going to be. And so I, I would, think that's I would the love reason why you won't hear J.J. Watt say anything. Probably. They overpaid for Probably. services for two years. Probably. Even though that second year was fantastic. But is that the template they're going to have to work off of in the short term? Are they going to have to overpay everybody to get Is it going to be Christian Kirk going to Jacksonville? Got overpaid. I make it happen. 
I don't know. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere in the league, uh, still no resolution of the Aaron Rodgers situation. That's a soap opera that's going to drag on for quite some time. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN. The way they structure the contract, where the $58 million, you don't have to exercise it until week one. So they can sit on things as is. Mm. They can say, hey, we're not going to sign a bunch of players in free agency anyways. We take our roster intact. We take Jordan Love, the incumbent quarterback, into April workouts as the guy, knowing Aaron Rodgers is sitting at home, technically still the Green Bay Packer until the Jets give us what they want. That's their leverage on paper. Now, does that make a lot of logistical sense? No, it doesn't. So that's why I do expect something to, to get shaked out here between both sides. So just come up with a compromise. I, I don't I don't know. I, I, I think I look at the longest possible scenario for this to drag on, and that's mm-hmm. the scenario that I land at because it's Aaron Rodgers. Um, now the the draft is April twenty seventh. That's the first night of the draft. I you know if there's not anything done by then, mm-hmm. we're talking about a summer long full of Aaron Rodgers speculation to the New York Jets. And I know a lot of people are saying, and I even heard Dan Orlovsky on ESPN Radio this morning pointing out um, in Nathaniel Hackett offense when Aaron Rodgers was protected. As one of the top protected quarterbacks in the league, he was the best quarterback in the league, and he won two MVPs. And we saw, you know, kind of a fall off in in that area. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers landing in New York guarantees them any success. Quite honestly, no, absolutely not. You know why? Because their last name or the the name of the team ends in ETS. Is that why? And it's the Jets, the, Mets, the Mets, and the Nets. Uh, they're all cursed franchises. The Nets recently had Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. None of them are there anymore. They had no success. The Mets just lost their closer, celebrating a victory in the World Baseball Classic for the entire year. And the Jets are the Jets. One of those teams, if not all of those teams, should change their name. That's a convincing <laughs> argument you just made. I don't know how to, I don't know how to attack that. <laughs> I, don't I, really know. Don't, I will say this, though. If, if there can be an end game from this Aaron Rodgers soap opera where he is effectively forced out of the football, I, I'll stick around for that. <laughs> that, yeah. would, that wouldn't be a bad little outcome for the I, Jets to go, you know what, Green Bay, that. keep them. But do you keep think them. it's bad now? Let's just say this does come mm-hmm. into play. Can you imagine the hot take shows? Air, the combination of Aaron Rodgers and New York City media. Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. It's going oh to be nauseating to the nth degree. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, Sarah Gazelle helps us get caught up on the big stories of the day and get you caught up, too. The Rush Hour Reboot is next. Typically, Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Hello, my friends. Hello, hello. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. We always get you caught up on everything you need to know over the weekend. What have you here on the Rush Hour Reboot at 7.30. I'm Sarah Cazell with Dan Bickley. Hey. With Vince Morata. Gonzaga. <laughs> and with Jarrett Carlin. It's a good house to be pantsless in. Oh, boy. I don't remember why I would have said that. Me neither. I hope I was speaking about my own home. <laughs> it's a good house to be pantsless in. <laughs> I th- there's well, a risky business, a risky thing going business. On in the background. I oh. thought I thought it was about Cliff Kingsbury's house. No, oh, with all the windows. Yeah, that's, 
<laughs> well, I've, I've got anxiety. 2020 was yeah, a wild time. Oh, how wild was it, Jared Carlin? You still got that puberty voice going on over here. All right, let's get into the uh, top stories of the day, shall we? Things are, um, that's that's what Suns fans sound like right now. They're getting a little bit nervous. Their voices are getting a little bit shaky. The Suns lost their fourth, or suffered their fourth loss, I should say, in five games. Uh, 124-120 to the Oklahoma City Thunder on the road. 46 points for Devin Booker. He continues to stay hot shooting, but not a ton of help. Otherwise, offensively, the next highest scorer for Phoenix was Chris Paul with 14 points and 13 assists. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander had 40 for Oklahoma City, followed by 20 from Lugans Dart. What a Dart! Yes! The Suns held a 10-point lead early in the fourth. Then OKC went on an 18-2 run. Uh, The Suns did manage to keep it close at the end, but um, to no avail. The head coach, Monty Williams, said post-game, oh, that loss is on me. You know, this one's on me. I got to get guys in the game. Um that can create a rhythm, especially on defense. We're, we're giving up way too many 30-point quarters consecutively, and <clears throat> that's on me. I have to figure out the guys who can play together defensively as opposed to relying on the starters to increase the momentum. Okay, here's Monty Williams elaborating on figuring out the right defensive rotation. We can't keep complaining about the officials when you know we look at all these teams that we're playing and we're giving up 36 free throws you know we just got to be able to guard the ball without slapping down and and be okay with that and so it's a a tough loss uh, because we felt like we had control of the game all right guys I think a lot of uh, Suns fans are starting to get pretty frustrated with Monty Williams, starting to question him and his abilities. Where do you guys think that he can be better as a head coach, as a decision maker, as an advocate for his team? Where would you like to see him step up a little bit? Yeah, I would like I would like to see him affect some real uh, change to this basketball team's psyche is what I would like to see. I would like to see this basketball team stop acting like a bunch of victims and move past this stuff and let their head coach fight that battle. But Monty Williams has got to be willing to fight that battle for him. That's a good point. Uh, for me, it's it's rotation usage, uh, timeout usage. Yesterday, was a there was a weird span in the fourth quarter when, when Oklahoma City got on that run. They started, you know, they started to chip away a little bit, and then Monty went deeper into his bench, and he brought Darius Baisley in. At the same time, he brought in Chris Paul, and then the lead went from eight to a tie game in, in no time at all. And the the Suns were up by two before Monty went back to Devin Booker with just under seven minutes to go. He was the only guy affecting the offense mm-hmm. at all yesterday. And, you know, the, the, the other side of the coin on that is it's really hard to get a solid rotation if your bench players are not consistent. And mm-hmm. the Suns' bench right. players have not been consistent. So uh, it's on both of them. It's on Monty to identify what's going on game-wise. And it's also for those guys to stay ready and, and, and be more consistent into helping the Suns win games. And neither one of those is happening right now. Yeah. Not to be a broken record, but consistency from the bench, please. Uh, are you guys frustrated with Monty Williams? Or do you think... Specifically, no. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm frustrated with the whole the whole picture right now. Sure. Yeah. No. I I am frustrated. I am frustrated with this this continuing 
a continuing obsession with NBA officiating and, and doing nothing but paying lip service to it. it. To me, it's a critical mass. Either you as the head coach, you do something drastic, or you get your head coach to understand that they're not being victims. Yeah. One of the two. So yeah, I, I would I would say yes. Something's got to change. Okay. Uh, let's stick with the Suns. On the broadcast side, though, we learned on Friday that this season is the final season for Suns play-by-play voice Al McCoy, the legend. AZ Central's Dwayne Rankin was first to report the news, and then Al McCoy went on Burns and Gambo later that day. I think it's time for someone else to have as much fun as I have had over the last 51 years. He talked a lot about, you know, last season he was actually planning to retire, but then the Suns were willing to make some accommodations for him to come back this year. So he was like, all right, what the heck? I'll stick around for another year. 51 seasons of Al McCoy calling Suns games. That's the longest active run for a broadcaster with one NBA team. Very hard to imagine the Suns without him. I literally can't. I've only ever known the Suns with him. Uh, what was your guys' initial reaction to the news of his Yeah, uh, not surprised at all, but but I it does up the stakes for those who want the poetic justice of this team to win a championship on Al McCoy's watch. Mm-hmm. Which is really important to a lot of Suns fans. Sure is. Yeah, um, it certainly ups the importance there. It, 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 and weird that it coincides with a weekend where, <laughs> I mean, that seems to be more doubtful than ever before that the Suns are going to put it together and, and win a championship this year. Um, yeah, I mean, I, there's we, we have precious few opportunities to listen to Al McCoy do a Suns game. Yeah. Uh, and that includes the playoffs. So enjoy it while you got it, Suns fans. Absolutely. And that's a great reminder that you can hear all of the Suns games on the Arizona Sports app on our air here on 98.7. And you can also stream live on our website, ArizonaSports.com. So if you are trying to get your Al McCoy fix while you still can, you can always find his voice there. All right, let's get to college basketball. GCU lost to Gonzaga on Friday in the first round of the NCAA men's tournament, 82-70. And then a few hours later in the last game of the night, ASU lost to TCU in a close, close, close one, 72-70. Here is Bobby Hurley after that loss on Friday. Just heartbroken for these guys giving me everything they had all year. Just uh, really... uh uh, advanced Arizona State basketball and, uh, you know, played winning basketball all year, you know, played unselfishly, played resilient, battled and fought, and it would take, you know, the last shot, you know, to put us away. Um, so I'm uh, just extremely proud and have all the respect in the world for our effort tonight. And we talked about ASU a few segments ago, and we all agree that we saw ASU as a program progress this year. Now, the question is always with ASU, will they hold on to that progress? Will they be able to continue moving forward? But we all agree that they have taken a step forward this year. So looking at next season, what should the expectation be when it comes to their standing in the Pac-12, when it comes to the NCAA tournament, how they get in, if they get in? What should what should ASU fans expect out of this program now? I yeah. have not the foggiest idea because we're in 2023. I don't know what the roster is going to look like next year. I don't know how many of these guys are going to leave and 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 seek other opportunities. ASU benefited would, from that this year, yeah. but they might you know suffer from it 
next season. I would I would think that showing out as good as they did would sort of, I think, give a little more juice to Bobby Hurley's recruiting efforts. And so I think getting out of the opening next uh, opening weekend next year is a perfectly reasonable goal to have. Mm-hmm. Get to the tournament, get out, get to the Sweet Sixteen. I mean, to your get point, in. yes, that makes sense progress wise. If yes. Bobby Hurley is no, back, it's a lot but more again, complicated than that. But it, but uh, but yeah, if we're asked what are the goals, that's what my goal would be. Yeah. Right, to, and to that's advance. what I'm asking. The standard, not like this particular roster. We don't know what this roster is. Yeah, be. I mean, that's yeah. always the goal is is to improve on what you did the year before. Now or, that, oh, sorry, continue. Vince? Or to get to, to a level that you haven't reached before. Yes, uh, get into the tournament without the first four. Yeah, stay, stay out of Dayton. D- yes. Yeah, that's get, a good goal. Get the heck out of Dayton. That's a good yes. goal. Right? Always a good goal in life. Uh, sorry, Ohioans who listen to the show. Uh, there are no Arizona teams left in the tournament as we have established. So, do you have a team in the Sweet Sixteen that you're going to kind of latch on to? We've got UCLA representing the Pac-12. We have Dan Hurley with UConn. Uh, we've got Kansas State with their first-year head coach, Jerome Tang. A great story. That's yeah, a great listen, story. And it's a great, fun team for those who watched that so game fun. against Kentucky. Their point guard with the behind-the-back dishes and all the stuff that was going on. Yeah, that was good stuff. So I like K-State, and I also, you know, I'd like to, you know, when I talk about great sports stories that are left in this country, Gonzaga winning a national championship. They have to cash that ticket yes. at some point in time. Gonzaga. Yeah. So that's, yeah. I think Gonzaga or K-State is where I'm at. Although something about Drew Timmy really bothers me. Is it the mustache? It's got to oh. be the mustache. I don't I, I don't know. He has a punchable face with or without the mustache. He with or without a, the headband. He's a hell of a college player. <laughs> Notice how I said yes. college yes, player. Yes, I did pick up on that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. We're all caught Thanks. up to date. Uh, the Rush Hour reboot every morning at uh, 7.30. Uh, we will continue the Monday edition. Nice. of the mornings here on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. In Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, it would be great, no question about it. Uh, however, I guess I look at uh, my career like uh, our good friend Charles Barkley has said so many times that uh, getting a ring isn't everything, that a career you've had is more important, and whatever happens the rest of the way with the Suns, I certainly would look at it the same way because there have been so many high points and so many big moments. I mean, the Suns were one of the first teams to play regular season games out of the country. I could go on and on, but to win it all uh, and this being my last go-around, certainly, obviously, would be something extra special that would be in my memory bank for a long, long time. That is Al McCoy, the legendary voice of the Suns. Friday afternoon on with the Burns and Gambo show after the uh, news broke by Dwayne Rankin from AZ Central that uh, this is going to be it for Al McCoy at the end of the year. His 51 year career as the voice of the Phoenix Suns will come to an end uh, with or without a championship. And there he was reflecting on on what it would mean. I fear, Bick, as we have this conversation, because you know, if you have any amount of love for the Phoenix Suns mm. in your in yourself, you want to see the Suns win a championship. A, for themselves, yeah. but 1A yep. for Al McCoy. Yep. You've seen everything there is to see. And I fear 
that the last two seasons represented the Suns' best chance for that to happen, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. No, listen. And so let's let's hope that KD coming back changes that. So I, I, I'm not I, I'm not blowing out that candle just yet because they are 3-0 and with Kevin Durant. They haven't lost a game true. with KD. That is true. So, so we do know that, and we do know that when they traded for him, this is what they they traded for. They traded for a top-heavy, star-heavy team that was going to carry the team through the, all the way to the finish line. Okay, and we were all we were all behind it mm-hmm. until that stupid injury during pregames. So, so you, you keep your fingers crossed that they can find this, uh, that they can find a way out of this because. This would be this would be such an awesome thing to do to rally around that. Now again, you're out to win a championship. It's not like suddenly the announcement of Al McCoy retiring is. Oh, should, hey, you know what? Let's try hard. Actually, yes, that's not what we're talking about here. Let's use the good plays now. But but but, but you <laughs> Let's can play winning basketball. Right, but what you can do is you can sort of fold it into everything and make it seem preordained, make it seem like destiny. Create, make it a thing, make it a powerful force. We've seen teams rally around the community when different things have happened. And like you said, you're already trying to win, but there is things that motivate people. Yes. And I think, you know, recently one of the coolest things that I've been able to witness was go back to last season when the Suns were on their way to 64 wins in the regular season. When they got win 63, it happened at Footprint Center. And after the game, Devin Booker came over, took his jersey off. And signed it and gave it to Al McCoy and said, "This is for you, as a yeah, as a show of appreciation. You know, you're a big part of what we're doing here. We want to rally around you and and, and win a championship for mm-hmm. you. It didn't happen. I don't know. We'll see what the effects are. Uh, Al also talked to him. We'll talk to Al on Wednesday for his regularly scheduled visit uh, with us. But uh, he talked about you know the timing of it. Why now? Uh, and um, some pretty interesting stuff here. Well, you know, this is kind of a surprise to me because obviously, and I think you remember, I was uh, going to retire last year. Last year was my 50th season, and uh, you know, I, I was honored after 50 years in the league and had uh, decided that I was going to retire then. And that was basically uh, what I had planned. And then uh, this past summer, before uh, this season started, uh, the Suns, for some reason, we won't get into, decided that uh, they would like to still have me around uh, with my name, etc. And would I do anything? And finally, they said, well, would you do some home games or pick and choose, whatever? And that's when I said, okay, I'll have some more fun for a while and uh, I'll do some games. But initially, as I said, I'm kind of surprised that this is a surprise now because I had planned to retire last year after the 50th. And now it's 51, and uh, and so uh, I think it's time for someone else to have as much fun as I have had over the last 51 years. So we'll see. I'm glad uh, it's shaking out the way that it is. Had Al McCoy, who... Um I don't believe it was known that that was his intention. I, that's the first I've heard of it. Yeah. Uh, and we talked so much about it, specifically with Larry Fitzgerald from the athletes' front. You know, when you when you get to the end of your career, do you owe the fans something? And I think there's still a lot of fans that wish they had a chance to say a more structured goodbye to Larry Fitzgerald mm-hmm. on his way out mm-hmm. uh, to retirement, which he still hasn't officially retired. I'm glad Al McCoy will get this. You know, last what? 
12 games, 12 regular season mm-hmm. games remaining, and he'll call the home games uh, and whatever playoff games happen at Footprint Center, he'll call those too. So yeah. I'm glad the fans get that opportunity, and I'm glad Al gets that opportunity yeah. for for a mutual, you know, you know, riding off into the sunset. Yeah, and, and again, I, I think that I think it'll mean something to Devin Booker. But then again, I, I, I think Devin Booker doesn't need motivation to play basketball. No. I saw a lot of desperation from Devin Booker yesterday. Yes. If you ever wanted to get a feeling that uh oh, this is getting a little bit dicey, you could see it in the way Devin Booker was playing last night. Desperation was just off coming off of him. Which you could construe as a good sign, <laughs> you know, or not? It, yeah, it rubs off on other people because yeah. he was brilliant offensively. Oh last yeah, night. yeah, yeah. And he and you could you could tell he had some anger, he had some hops. I he he was uh, attacking the bat, all that stuff. So I, I hope this team rallies around this. Al McCoy definitely would deserve it. I, I think if uh, the definition of poetic justice to Suns fan, Suns fans. And everybody on Planet Orange would be having Al McCoy say, Suns win! Suns win! Whoa, brother! For an NBA championship. Yes. So when the NBA championship arrives, if it's not Al McCoy's voice saying those words, it's not going to feel right. And it's out of his control. But again, this is if you're talking poetic justice, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to have to be this year. The man gave the team 51 years to get it done at least once. I I gave you a half century of how much time you need. We don't have forever. We don't. Come on. uh, Well, we're young. Congratulations to Al. Well deserved. Uh, And again, like I said, we will talk to Al for his regular visit with our show on Wednesday morning. Uh, or is it Tuesday morning? My days got mixed Wednesday's up. Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Wednesday at eight thirty. All scrambled over here. No, that's all right. Has your bracket busted? Don't worry. You still have a shot at five hundred dollars. Just text Bucks to six twenty six twenty. We'll send you a link to fill out your sixteen team bracket. That's Bucks to six twenty six twenty. It's the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. Coming up next, second half of the Monday show gets underway in a big way. The Bickley Blast is next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.